You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Our guest today was already retired when he found Real Wealth Network, but he had one rental property in Texas that he was managing himself, and it was putting a damper on his fun years. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. John exchanged that one property into three homes in Ohio and doesn't regret a thing. Find out how he did it on today's episode. Welcome, John. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. It'll be a pleasure to talk with you. Well, you went through a 1031 exchange, which is somewhat complicated and can be stressful. So what tips do you have for our listeners on how to prepare for it and do it properly? Well, I came to do this essentially because we had owned a house in Texas for some time and have found out that if I sold it, had to pay the capital gains and then put the money into a CD, it really wouldn't be worth it. So that's when I started looking into 1031s. I started doing some research on that and ran across you folks and then eventually ran into Joe Torrey or into a conference with him. And that's really where I got my start in looking into 1031s. He was very helpful. And also all the information that you guys have on your various websites was helpful as well. So that's that's basically how it all started. Oh, good. Through him, I basically wanted to find somebody to be able to invest because, as you well know, the amount of money that I had coming from the Texas house, which was about 190000 was not enough to even buy an outhouse here in Southern California. <laughs> so I wanted to find some other place to invest it, and uh, that's what led me on to one of your affiliates, Joe Torrey. Wonderful. So you exchanged that one house just for one house, or did you buy more? No, actually, I bought three houses. Uh, I wanted to do three houses simply because uh, having just one house, if that house sits vacant for a while, you lose money. And if I had three going, the chances of having three vacancies at the same time was pretty small. And I had an outside thing of wanting to have the money invested in three houses and then have a a net-net after all expenses and holdbacks for everything else, including vacancies and repairs, etc. I wanted to have another $1,000 cash flow. And you were able to meet your goal and increase your cash flow? That's correct. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Oh, that's great. So why did you end up with a property in Texas to begin with? Was that an investment property always? It was essentially. My daughter was doing uh, post-grad work at uh, uh, University of Texas, and she had bought a house there in Austin. But then she had to transfer to Texas A&M and didn't want to sell her house. We had the money at the time, so we bought a house for her to live in while she was finishing her work at Texas A&M. And when she finished that, she arranged for us to have a graduate student who rented the house for about five years until she also got a PhD and left, and she's now at Yale. So then we had to decide what to do with the house. (laughs) I didn't want to do any long-distance management anymore, so that's when we decided to sell it. But you still ended up buying out of state in Ohio. So what was the difference between the management of the house in Texas and the ones in Ohio? Well, basically, I didn't have a management company for the house in Texas. I was doing that on my own. Essentially, we were lucky that the graduate student that was winning it was doing a fairly decent job of taking care of the place. But I didn't want to continue with that as time was going on. And I also, after looking into all the possible investments in Cleveland and Cincinnati, etc., I realized that I could put the money to better use by investing there rather than in California or in Texas. Sure. All right. So... You had 45 days to, you know, identify those three properties. And, you know, we've really found that inventory levels nationwide have been low. So was that any problem finding and identifying the three properties you were going to exchange into? 
No, actually, it wasn't. See, we actually closed on the house in Texas on July 19th, and on July 30th, I had already identified three properties. Wow. So that got it underway very well. So we had a basically a 180-day term for the ending of it was January the 15th, and we closed on the last house on, I think it was January the 11th. So under the wire, but we made it. Well, you were very well taken care of, because I think at that time, uh, there was a lot of people on the wait list. So I'm so glad it worked out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, So what are your plans from here on out? Are you going to hold these three properties? Do you you have others? Do you plan to buy more? No, I don't have any other properties. My wife and I are both retired teachers. We're in 76. We're living comfortably in Oceanside, don't want to move anywhere. And basically, these houses will just remain there to hopefully appreciate some, give us some cash flow in the meantime. And then if my wife needs this home, if something happens to me, she can do so. And I don't have to worry about uh, her being taken care of in that respect because mm-hmm. the management's all being done by people. And uh, as far as I can tell, they do a fantastic job. Mm, wonderful. Do you have them leveraged? Do you have loans on those properties? Uh, one we, we own outright, the other two we have loans on. Okay. And is your plan to pay down those loans or accelerate the pay down or just kind of live off the cash flow? Probably will. It, it, it'll really depend on what the cash flow ends up being like. You know, right now we're still just at the point of getting things settled out. So that there were some various repairs that had to be done on them and they weren't fully rented, but I had the rental guarantee. So that covered that. But uh, now after they're all rented and going along smoothly, I'll get a chance to see what the cash flow is going to be like and then probably plan on paying them down sooner than planned. Now, I bet if you went to your financial planner and you had told them what you did at age 76, you you bought three properties in Ohio managed by somebody out there, I, I bet they would not recommend that. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what would your advice be to, because I hear that a lot of people saying, oh, you know, if you're you don't want to be owning properties out of state. And that is true in most cases. It can be difficult. Uh, but if you, you know, if you know what to look for, I mean, what gave you the confidence to go against your financial advisor's advice? Well, I think the number one thing is when I went and visited Cincinnati, I basically spent the day there. And I was just fully impressed with everything that they did and everybody that I met. And then the follow-up conversations that I had with all of them back there just gave me that full confidence that they could do what they said they were going to do, and that they have certainly done it. I was impressed with her operation, and especially the quality of the rehabs that they do, and the management ability that they have, and the number of properties they have under management. All of those things led to me just being very comfortable with them, and so far, I'm very happy. Mm, Wonderful. Okay, well, what advice would you give to our listeners who just maybe haven't taken that leap yet? Well, a lot of things to consider there. I think the number one thing is to be really very aware of all the requirements that are in the 1031 thing. I was lucky enough to have time to really study that quite well before getting actually involved in it. So as you know, with all the time constraints and other things that are built into it, uh, it can be pretty tricky. One of the things that I found as a problem at the end of it all was Because I had financed two of those houses, some of those things that were actually paid from the 1031 funds would not have been tax deductible per se. And so there may be ending up being some, quote, boot coming out the other end. Not very much, but there will be a little bit uh, for such things as prepaid uh, 
uh, insurance or prepaid property taxes that are held in escrow by the bank, those things supposedly are deductible, so then they supposedly don't qualify for the direct transfer of funds bypassing the boot. So little things like that that they have to be aware of and look into very carefully. Yeah, very good. Okay. And with the 1031 company that you used, did they guide you along so so that you didn't have to worry so much about making sure you made those deadlines and, and filed correctly and, and everything? Again, yeah, they were excellent. Uh, it was Assets Preservation Incorporated, API. Dino Champagne is the gal I originally was dealing with, and they were fantastic. They kept me up to date all the time, let me know if anything was happening, and they made sure that I was very aware of the various deadlines and et cetera. And uh, they did an excellent job of corresponding with the people back in Cincinnati to make sure that the closings went smoothly. It was just, they were a dream to work with. I would go back to them in a heartbeat. Oh, I just saw her yesterday, actually. So good, oh, good to hear. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. That's the key is really having the right partners and the right advisors. And I know Dino's helped a lot of our members, you know, hit those deadlines and make sure you understand what you're doing with the 1031 exchange. Well, John, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your experience here on The Real Wealth Show. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, as you enjoy your retirement, you know, how do you plan to spend your time? Well, we've been retired for some time now. We retired in 2005. Uh, we actually spent about five years in a large motorhome traveling all over the U.S., sold that, did a um, safari in Africa. We've done a few cruises since that time. We now have our first grandchild back east. We're going to go back there and visit her in a couple of weeks. And we're probably going to make our next sojourn for two or three weeks over in the British Isles. So um, we're, we're not sitting on our duffs. <laughs> we're, we're having a good time. Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. All right. Well, you enjoy yourself. And thanks again for being here on The Real Wealth Show. Well, you're welcome, Kathy, and uh, thanks for having me on. And good luck to you. You guys just seem to be doing a great job. Keep it up. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Well Show. I hope to see you at one of our upcoming events. We'll be on the eastern side of the U.S. on August 10th in Cleveland, Ohio, and then back in the San Francisco and L.A. areas in September for a full-day event on how to get started as a real estate investor. Hope to see you at one of those or somewhere else in the country. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.